What's happening, folks? Zach here with the Zach Shanky Podcast. Glad to be here with you today. Glad to make this recording. I got my my puppy. Puppy is with me. His name is Vinny, and he's just chilling with me here. Such a good dog. Such a good dog. Best dog in the world. Anyway, um, I wanna I wanna talk about something that's gonna be challenging to talk about a little bit. Okay. I'm going to talk more about my divorce that I'm going through and some of the analysis that I've, I've been able to do both by myself as well as with some of my best friends as well as with even my oldest son who is 18 and uh, in, who is recently engaged and things like that. And so it's it's interesting coming from someone who, you know, they're <laughs> kind of, I mean, they're not married yet, but they're kind of in that like lovey-dovey honeymoon stage, you know. Um, compared to my situation where we're splitting up after 10 years, right? And so it's it's kind of, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting, and I think, really, I've learned a lot from the situation, and I think everything that I've learned is good. And I, I truly believe that as painful as this divorce is and has been and probably will continue to be for a while as painful as that has been i am actually grateful for it and i think um it's taken me months uh, we we decided to get a divorce back in october it has taken me that long to to finally feel like i can talk about this in this in this greater detail um i want to be clear there's, there's no pointer finger pointing point, point there's no pointer fingers involved there's no finger pointing involved in this um, in this little analysis here of love and of relationships um, I want you guys to know my perspective on my soon-to-be ex-wife is that she is an absolutely amazing human being on this planet I still truly believe that the world is a better place because of her I love the way that she raises my kids, and I could not think of a better mother for my children than her. That said, (laughs) which isn't that said kind of like saying, but, which doesn't that kind of negate everything I just said. Okay, that's not the point, that's not what I'm trying to do here. I do believe in those things that I just said, okay? Um, Where I'm at, at this divorce right now, is that I'm grateful for it. And I have zero interest in getting back together with my almost soon-to-be ex-wife. Okay, so, like, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm done with the relationship, but I have zero regrets getting married to, to this woman. I have zero regrets having children with this woman. I have zero regrets with the whole ten years that we've been together. Okay? I have learned a lot. I have learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about her. I've learned a lot about relationships. I've learned a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. And that's what I want to talk about today is those lessons that have been learned, um, etc. Okay. So, ultimately, guys, what it boils down to for me, what it boils down to is this. There is a moment. I just mentioned it with my son, who's recently engaged. I shouldn't say recently. They've been engaged for like six months. Um, But recently engaged. And they're kind of in that 
honeymoon phase. And we all know what that is, right? When somebody first gets married, right? They're like super kind to each other. They open the door for each other. They, they, you know, make sure the umbrella's over their spouse. They do all the chivalrous stuff versus when you're in a relationship for 10 years, it's typically like, I don't know. It's, it's not so much like that. And you know what, what I just said, isn't this the problem? Isn't this the problem that the honeymoon stage ends? Is that the problem? Is it possible for the honeymoon stage to remain intact for a lifetime, for the entire duration of the relationship? Is that possible? I believe with proper communication, it is possible. That's my personal belief. So if you have a spouse and you are clearly outside that honeymoon phase, what can you do to get back to that? What can you do? Because you know what it is. It has a lot to do with selfishness versus selflessness. Right? Isn't it during the honeymoon phase, aren't we more selfless as a spouse, whether you're the husband or the wife, it doesn't matter. Aren't you willing to serve unconditionally? You want to get home to cook the meal before your wife can touch the food just to be of service. You want the dishes done before the wife comes home from work so that she's pleasantly surprised. You want to fold and put away all the laundry while she's in the shower. You want to make sure that all the towels are swapped out and the clean ones are put in place properly. Aren't these kinds of the kinds of things that occur during that honeymoon phase, which typically lasts one to two years in a marriage? So the question is, why does that stop? Why does it stop? Do we get bored of it? (laughs) Let me tell you why it stops. It stops because people start to keep score. It stops because people start to feel like they're the ones giving 100% and the spouse is not giving 100%. And you want to know the funniest thing about that whole scenario? Is that both spouses feel exactly the same way. Both spouses feel like they're giving 100% and they feel like the other one is not even trying. That's where it ends up. That's the start of a breakup. That's the start of a divorce. Okay. And now for me personally, I do happen to remember and recall getting out of this honeymoon phase. And I remember it well, because this was one of the arguments that my wife and I had. Okay. Because I wanted to keep the honeymoon phase going. And I don't mean in the bed. Okay, like I meant like serving. And I was doing dishes for her. And I was helping with the kids more. And I was still doing all of those things well in years into the marriage. And it came to a point where my wife literally said, Zach, the honeymoon phase is over. Those were her words. I'm not blaming her for the divorce. I just know that that was the moment, that was the moment the honeymoon phase died, right? And I argued it for a little bit. I said, why does it have to end? Similar to my points here on this call, but that was the beginning of the end, legitimately. Um, And so, why? Because now I was no longer giving selflessly, right? I was now questioning my willingness to serve someone that I love because I wasn't sure if that's what that person wanted anymore, right? And when those questions start to occur, well, that's when things start to be a problem 
as long if you don't communicate. Obviously, communication in this particular situation is really what was missing. Okay, is the start, beginning of the end. So service. Why do people serve other people? It's because they love them. Correct? So now let's talk a little bit about love. Let's start to break this down because there's a lot of different kinds of love. I run a business called Prosperity U. I absolutely love my students. I love the people that are a part of our community. I love them, love them, love them. They are amazing human beings. They are going to make a huge impact in this life, in this world, a debt generations deep of positivity into the world. I love them. I have a couple of business partners, love them, love them to death. I have my own personal little implementer. I shouldn't say little. I have my own implementer who's awesome. I love him. I have a puppy. I love him. I have children. I love them. I love them so much. I have a relationship with my heavenly father. I love him. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I love him. I have a mom. I love her. I have a brother. I love him. These are all different kinds of love, guys. All different kinds of love. I have I have a soon-to-be ex-wife. Guess what? I still love her. Not in love with her, not romantically, but I love her. She's the mother of my children, and she's a freaking good one at that. Okay? So, 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 what is the difference? What what is the difference and what is the kind of love that we should strive for? And it all starts, every bit of love starts with yourself. How do you love yourself? It's um, a good question. You know, to if I'm being honest, uh, which I'm, <laughs> I try to always be honest, I always found that to be <laughs> to be like the funniest line, like. Well, to be honest, oh, okay, so everything you said before, to be honest, could have potentially been a lie? Like, you weren't you weren't being honest up to this point? Um, anyway, <laughs> so to be honest, <laughs> um, you know, I thought up until a couple days ago, I really felt like I loved myself. I did. And then a couple days ago, I realized I don't. And I, I think this is also part of the problem with my own trials and tribulations in life. Is because I, I really need to work on my, my own self-love so that I can continue to give to other people. It's this crazy thing, guys, where I do love my students, right? And that's legitimate. I want them to succeed probably more than they want to succeed. I get so much thrill and, and fulfillment and joy from seeing my students make money using the process that they learned from our business. Like that to me is huge. It's a big deal. It's almost like it's almost like watching your kid ride the bike for the first time after teaching them how to ride the bike. You know, like like, oh it feels so good, like they accomplished it, they're so amazing. <laughs> okay. Um and and that's like the feeling that I get. And yet that feeling can be so much deeper if I had the same level of love for myself. 
right? And and what happens with ourselves is we tend to judge ourselves on a very unfair plane. We tend to judge ourselves based on our own perspectives, our own expectations, and our own perceptions of the world. When in reality, we ought to love ourselves as God loves us. Do you love yourself as much as you think your Heavenly Father loves you? And if the answer to that is anything but yes, then you've got some work to do. So my goal over the last couple days has been how how do I develop God-like love for myself? Because up until this point, most of of the love that I want to put into the world, which I think that's important, and I have studied the concept of God's love, I have studied charity, I have studied these, these biblical concepts to an insane amount. In fact, so much so that I have scriptures that like about charity and love that I've post that I've framed and put all over my office back before I moved. <laughs> like legitimately. And I would read them from time to time just walking into the office I'd read these these uh, scriptures and things like that. And um, so I've studied all that. And I I've always tried to love other people and to serve them and to show that love through service. And it didn't matter their situation. It didn't matter what they needed. It was like it was like my mission because I wanted to develop the Christ-like or God-like love for other people. But that being the focus, I forgot I forgot about the most important person to love before everyone else, which is myself. Not in a narcissistic way, but in a spiritual, fatherly way for yourself. Or, or motherly way, I guess, if you're female. Okay, like, like the, it's, a, it's a level of love and respect of yourself. And do you know where that comes from? It comes from being, living in integrity with your own morals and your own beliefs. Regardless of what those beliefs are, if you're in alignment with those beliefs and you feel good about those beliefs, guess what you do? You start to respect yourself. You start to love yourself. And there's some areas in my own life that I know I could do better with in regards to that, in regards to the living within alignment of my own my own beliefs and my own philosophies. And uh, and so that's my commitment to you is that I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to have this amazing Christ-like love for myself, so that I can then share greater love for other people. Have you ever closed your eyes? And just kind of like thought about the type of person you want to be. This is what I did the other day. This is what kind of taught me and, and showed me that I, I have some work to do for myself. Okay. Have you ever done that? Like, I would recommend it. I would recommend right after this podcast, close your eyes and think about what kind of person you want to be. If you're a man, what kind of man do you want to be? If you're a woman, what kind of woman do you want to be? Right? Do you want to be... I remember why. I totally remember why I was thinking about this. Um, because I watched a, a spiritual video, a, a really cool video that I just found online um, on YouTube. And they were interviewing like couples and like, you know, a husband and a wife and stuff like that. And I was, I was laughing a little bit because every single husband in this video was like a, 
I was like a girly man. <laughs> I was totally judgmental. Okay, I'll, I'll admit I was totally judgmental. These these guys like clearly white white collar jobs. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Okay, but they clearly sit at a desk all day. They probably talk to people. Yeah, but like I don't see leadership. I don't see confidence. I don't see much else. And and to me it was. I don't know. I just kind of like looked at all those guys and I was like, you know, you're like you can do you could do more. I don't know. Like there was there was a lack of co- look, I'm a nice guy, okay? I'm not like saying guys should be like a jerk. I I hate that. Okay? Guys should be super nice. What I am saying though is I've met some amazing guys that have a bigger beard than I've got. They've got tattoos all over the place. They drive a motorcycle and they are the kindest people I've ever met. And so I'm saying you can <laughs> What what kind of guy do you want to be? I mean, if you want to be kind of that timid, quiet guy or timid, quiet girl, that's fine. But if you want to be a leader, if you want to drive impact, if you want to help other people, and truly if you love other people, you want to help other people, the greatest way to help other people is to become a leader, not a follower. And there's different degrees of leadership. Obviously, the greatest leader of all time is our perfect leader, Jesus Christ. Now, listen, I want to be clear. I don't know these people on this YouTube video. I totally made a snap judgment call based on the way that they were talking and the way that they looked. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, but when I saw those, those guys, specifically focusing on the guys because I'm a guy, I thought that's not who I want to be. You know who I want to be is I want to be this this confident, loving, caring leader. And when I think of a leader, I think of somebody that's willing to make tough decisions and to say tough things. Because there are times in leadership that you have to talk to someone and have a very difficult conversation. And those difficult conversations are really what make or break a leader, in my opinion. How do you have a difficult conversation? Very simply, through love. If you have legitimate love for that person and you feel that love for that person the conversation becomes a lot less difficult okay um difficult conversations guys that's where it's at so i've kind of jumped i've jumped here and there on this podcast today my point is there are a lot of different kinds of love it's up to you to identify the kinds of love that you want to portray to certain people. It's up to you to serve from a place of love, lead from a place of love, starting with loving yourself, with imagining the type of person that you want to be. I want people to see me, to see my face, and and cannot help themselves but to smile. That's what I imagine. That's what I envision. Okay, because I want to exude that level of loving energy in the world. You know, there's a guy um, by the name of Tony Robbins. Some of you might know him. He's a very spiritual individual. And he has worked on this concept of love his entire life. And he, he is one of the few human beings that I, I, I would say in his life that has maybe even mastered it. He's such a loving guy. And you know what they say is they actually say that when, when this guy walks into a room that the entire energy of the room shifts. 
that the entire energy of the room shifts. I heard this from Russell Brunson, who has the same spiritual beliefs that I have. Him and I are in the same religion. Okay? And Russell Brunson says, when Tony Robbins walks in the room, you can feel his love. And I thought, that's what I want to be. That's what I want people to see. And I want them to not not be, obviously you can't feel it if I'm not in a physical room with you. I'm saying like, if even if I get on a Zoom call, I want people to feel the sincerity that's truly in my heart. That's what I want. How do I do that? How can you accomplish that? Well, it's simple. It's, it's not easy, but it is simple. It starts with loving yourself to that degree. Not narcissistically, just lovingly, okay? Like a parent to a child. Like sincere love and respect for yourself. It starts there. And then it happens through your sincere thoughts, your sincere feelings towards people, and that you actually want to help them sincerely. You're not making it up, okay? And then it goes into your actions. What do you do on a daily basis to prove and to show, to demonstrate that you love yourself and you love these people you serve. What do you do to show that? There's a scripture in John somewhere. John 3, 7, I think. Nope. Nope. John 3, 10. I can't remember. Somewhere in John. Very short scripture. One of the most powerful scriptures that have impacted me in my entire life. It says, if ye love me, keep my commandments. That's from Jesus. If ye love me, keep my commandments. That's the doing part. You can't just claim you love yourself or claim you love other people or say you love yourself or say you love other people. You have to do something to demonstrate that love. In the case of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, that doing is following their commandments, is living the way that you know you're supposed to live, living in accordance with your own beliefs. Okay, so got a little deep here. Sorry, not sorry. Went a little long here. Sorry, not sorry. But I really, truly believe that this is what is needed to change the world, is to have this level of love for yourself and for others. Um, And that's going to change your relationships. That's going to change all of your different kinds of relationships, including with yourself, including with your God, including with your kids, including with your spouses, including with your friends, including with your business partner. It doesn't matter what the relationship is. If you have, this is the focus of every thought and every action, which is hard, guys. It's not easy. Simple, not easy. Okay? If you do that, though, that is the key. That is the key to making an impact. That is the key to achieving what it is that you dream of achieving. And so thank you guys for for listening. Went a little deep on you. Sometimes I do that. It was just on my mind. I had to blurt it out somewhere. That's what this podcast is for. Thank you for listening, guys. I'll see you on the next one.